1: Hello, Internet. This is Chase Redshire king Wassenar. I'm a free agent, head coach, and analyst, as well as a contributor for Slingshot Esports. And welcome to the EU LCS Week 5 Guess the Lines preview podcast it is an interesting time to be a european fan there's a new team at the top of the standings there's a new team at the bottom of the standings and there's a whole bunch to break down along the way and i can't think of anyone i'd rather break it down with than my good friend and co-host walter c fed chuck walter how you doing man
0: i'm doing great and we are now live from the brand new semi rough drafts half the rough drafts studio I have moved into my new house, I have a new desk, I have a new chair, everything's all set up, I've got new internet, it's fantastic, and this has been the first day that I've actually really gotten to do anything back in the esports world, so I'm very excited to be back here.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to talk about some of these games this week. I think last week was the most European week we could have had. We had a full day with nothing but ties which is infuriating uh, as a gambler because it makes it very hard for us to make any money off of our smart money bets. And in fact, we did not make money off of our smart money bets. We had Giants plus 155 on blue against Vitality. That came through. We felt good about that one. Giants plus 170 on blue against Shulk. Shulk turns out to be really good, so we didn't win that one. And Splice plus 276 to get the 2-0 over Origin. We got greedy. We flew too close to the sun and as a result, we went one and two that week. We had a minus 45 profit, unfortunately. But this still puts us up $340 on the year. So if you've been sticking with the podcast from the beginning, we have been making you guys money a lot more often than we've been losing it. And we've just got to find a new way to approach these smart money bets, Walter, because this is a slump that we're just not used to on this pod. We're killing it in North America. It's these best of twos. They're evil. Can we, can we just agree that they're evil at this point? And move on. Yeah,
0: I absolutely, absolutely have to blame Raya and this god-awful system that they have running in Europe, so we'll
1: see, we'll see what
0: happens, uh, you know, we, we gotta figure out how to make some money.
1: Yeah, and we're gonna start by breaking down the first game of the week, Splice versus the Unicorns of Love. Walter, the Unicorns of Love went 3-1 last week. Are there reasons to believe that the Unicorns of Love might be a solid team after all?
0: Well, let's let's not get over our heads here. They looked pretty good and that's partially because they returned to the play style that was so successful last split with a really, you know, early game, aggressive jungler move was definitely getting out, definitely getting onto the enemy team. And he was getting Visitchachi snowballing. And that was the the real big reason that they were able to be so successful. The series against Rocket, it was getting Visitchachi ahead of the Shen, which was massive. And even in game two, he got Vizicachi... A, a decent lead early on into the the rise but decision making towards the mid to late game really went sort of screwy and Rocket was able to exploit exiles azir and the grays pick fairly efficiently with their like long-range poke and engage champions and then when you get into this h2k unicorns of love series which i think was just utter disrespect from h2k and i'll talk about it when we get to them again it was getting visit ahead of oda wamne and then the second game was vlad does vlad things so i wouldn't say that we should get like overly excited and think that like oh unicorns love they're gonna be the sneaky dark horse to win europe but they're definitely improving as long as they keep with this really hyper aggressive play around the top lane style and we're going to need to see Veritas be successful on something other than Ash, Because as you continue to play, like, one champion, teams will start to ban it out or start to play around it better. Um, but overall, I, I thought it was a good week for Unicorns. They really look good. There you go, Unicorns. Love fans. There is some high praise from C80s.
1: Yeah, I mean... On the one hand, they're still 5-11 on the season. We cannot get overly excited about a two-game sample size. And as you said, it did not appear like H2K had their full heads in the game. They gave Exile the Vlad, which is something you should just never do, no matter what the situation is. It's just too powerful in this current meta. But, you know, they also had Draven on that roster. It's not like H2K wasn't trying to make plays. He got a couple early kills on the champion. It just... They were never able to snowball it because Move was everywhere on the map. And this was the kind of thing where when we talked about Move heading over the Unicorns of Love, people who were optimistic remembered Move from his time on Gravity. This is what that version of Move looks like. A guy who is aggressively trying to make plays all over the map, being sure that the opponent never quite knows where he's going to be next, and trying to get both of his solo laners ahead. Now, the concern for me is I still don't think Exile is very good. I think his best game by far was the Vlad game, and I think just about anybody could look good on Vlad right now at this level of play. It's just such a broken champion. So at some point, he's going to either have to find a way to get Visitchachi that much farther ahead than his opponents, or they're going to have to get Veritas going. And that's where I see the concern for them in the long run, is I don't have faith that Veritas is going to be some even mid-tier AD carry. He still had some consistency issues. The arrows were good. He knows how to hit an Ash arrow. I will give him that. But there needs to be more, especially if the meta shifts to something where AD carries are expected to do a bigger portion of his team's damage. We've got to talk about the other side of this matchup real quick. Splice, they split two series again this week. They seem to be doing a lot of this. What does Splice need to do to get a 2-0 in this case and really cement themselves as a team to be reckoned with in the region.
0: Well, consistency is, is very clear for Splice, and the best part of this season for Splice has been the emergence of Kabe. He's been a very, very exceptional 80 carry, especially in their victories. Um, kind of like how Steelbeck emerged on Unicorns of Love and really, you know made up for some of his faults in the, the previous year in the North American Challenger series. So that's really good for them. Now it's going to be really nailing down their resource distribution. How much do they give to Wonderware? How much do they give to Kabe? How much do they give to Senkux? Does Trashy, because there were moments last year where Trashy was their, tertiary, was their primary tertiary carry where he usually was the third guy that if Senkux wasn't quite going off or Wonder wasn't quite going off, Trashy was the one to pick it up. So they need to, you know, kind of fine-tune their resource distribution, and they just need to keep making smart decisions. Most of their losses are just early to mid-game decisions and getting out-rotated and getting out-warded and getting, you know, picked off in the jungle here and there. And some of that has to do with Mikey's inexperience um, and the inexperience of playing as a, with this team. Some of it just has to do with poor decision-making. Um, but as long as they continue to improve across the board, ties are okay. Ties are okay in this system. It, it's all right to tie because it's not punishing you, and you're still sitting in a very good spot in fifth place here, and you're you know three points ahead of seventh place, and you're only a couple points behind fourth and third place. So keep improving. Keep you know taking one game off of the H2Ks, the Fanatics, the G2s and really try to bully these lesser teams, really try to bully Unicorns of Love into getting that 2-0 victory. And it just comes to better decision-making.
1: Yeah, I have to say, I feel vindicated by all the nice things I had to say about Trashy heading into last split. He's got a 4.8 KDA, 82% kill participation. The guy's been everywhere. You talk about being a tertiary carry. He has been that guy in spades, and he's done it while still warding quite a bit. He has kind of become this full jungler that we were hoping he would become when they first entered. It took him a while. Surely it took a long time, but now he's there. And the key is that Senkux has to step up to the plate. I've been mildly disappointed with him so far. He's got the lowest kill participation percentage of the team. He's not earning a lot of gold uh, on his own or doing a lot of damage per minute compared to a lot of his mid lane opponents. These are things that you'd think you'd want to step up, but it does leave us, Walter, wondering, where does the line go for this series? I have the line at
0: splice minus 185.
1: Oh, you're a jerk. Oh, you're a jerk. I said minus 180. It is minus 192. I think, I mean, I think
0: that's a completely fair line. And I think there's a lot of these matchups that they're fit, they're pitching teams that are, you know, tier two, basically, or tier three, if you're really going to put Fnatic up on their own pedestal, uh, Pitting them against, you know, the, the last tier, which are those four teams that are basically all tied with seven points. And I think the line should be fairly close in that regard. There, there should be room for upsets here, though. There is definitely a chance that Unicorns of Love can, you know, take a game or even the series off of a team like Splice.
1: Yeah, this will be the chance to see if they can keep that development going. But we're going to keep the podcast going and move on to the second series. Rockat versus Giants. Walter, I don't want to talk about Rocket Rockat. I went on a 10-minute rant about Rockat last time. Do you have any quick thoughts on Rockat to share? Did, did anything this week change your opinion of them?
0: There's just some really, really bad
1: decision-making. They're, they're still
0: not meshing in terms of their shot calling. Airwalks is still really, really harming them most of the time. Um, it comes down to teams can just decide, hey, we're going to camp Betsy, and Airwalks is off doing his own thing. They really need to get back to this Airwalk and Betsy synergy, uniting, really beating down their, their opposing mid laner. And that's sort of what Rocket did do in the second game uh, against Unicorns of Love when they did win. Um, it really was, you know, Betsy and Airwalks really taking it to Exiles Azir. So they really need to get that buddy cop movie going back together, you know, Betwalk. And uh, and just, you know, keep keep working towards having some sort of shot-calling on this team, because it's the same problem that they had last year where the shot calling just is not consistent. It's not always there. And I don't know who shot calls for this team, but something tells me it might be Airwalks.
1: That's what I was afraid of. I've texted you this before about how much I want to just see a new jungler on this team. I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it on the podcast about 10,000 times. But if he's the shot caller, you find yourself in a young buck scenario where it's like, well, He's knowledgeable about the game. We're supposed to be trusting his play. But he's just not very good. And honestly, we've seen airwalks enough. This is just who he is. And who he is is the worst jungler in Europe. A guy who is continually being caught out, either in enemy jungle or just out of position as Betsy gets ganked over and over again. It's just not fun to watch. It's one of those things where... It really makes me wonder if when Rockat fired their coach back in February, if that was the right move. Because back in that system, they had the early game down to a T. They knew exactly where to go and where to be and what the right decision was to make. And that has to come to a certain extent to what I'm So Fresh was teaching them Because often, you know, the early game is just a series of steps. First you do this to push the minion waves in the right way. Then you make these trades, and at this level is when you want to make these ganks. And now, they just don't seem to understand any of that. It's almost like they keep getting caught off guard every time the enemy makes an incredibly predictable gank towards Betsy. Because I hate to tell you, Rocket, people know that Betsy is an important target to kill, this is not a surprise. People are not gonna let Betsy just farm up and hard carry against them. If that's your strategy, th- rethink your strategy. It, it is, it's tough to watch. They're gonna be playing a Giants team that we'll get to a little bit more in detail later, but I don't foresee anything that's even remotely worth watching about this matchup unless you're a hardcore EU LCS fan like we are. Walter, where do you see the line? I have the line at Giants minus 155. Oh, come on, man. Uh, That is disrespectful to my Rockat boys. I don't know why I'm saying that given that they're in last place, but this is, of course, the problem with ties. Rockat has actually won more games than Giants, but the two wins are credited more than the four ties are. So whatever. Ties are stupid. We can move on. But Giants does not get a lot of respect from the gambling crowd. They never have... I guessed at minus one hundred and fifty. It's at minus one hundred and forty-three. And before you ask, yes, we can take Giants as a smart money bet later on. I just, Rockett. I just
0: guessed the wrong favorite. I honestly had no idea which way it was going to go, and I forgot that Giants got two owed this week, this yeah. past week. So,
1: I mean, look, it's fair. Rocket's not good. I, I have no reason to believe that they're going to suddenly turn this around against Giants. But at the same time. It's going to be a matter of, do you think Maxlore is going to disrupt Betsy more than Airwalks will disrupt Knight? Which is probably the most pathetic sentence that I'm going to utter (laughs) on this podcast.
0: Very, very much so. It really
1: doesn't get lower than that. Let's move forward. I've got to think of happier things. Vitality versus Schalke. Now, Schalke really went into this week, I think, with something to prove. They played G2, managed to get the draw... And they two owed giants. Walter Schalka sitting in that fourth place seat. Is it time to take them seriously as a as a threat in this European region?
0: I would. I feel like we've had this conversation before, and I think I said, "What is your definition of the word threat?" Are
1: are we saying are they going to win a championship? I,
0: very very outside chance.
1: Could they make it to the finals? Is this a team you could see in the European finals? <sighs>
0: Slim chance, very, very slim chance, and it would have to be they they somehow luck into G two and expect just doesn't you know doesn't match up, and they're able to kind of just cool G two off in the early in the early games of the series and temper g2's aggression and just really have some really drawn long drawn out long kind of slug against them um i don't think they beat h2k head up in a best of five series i don't think they beat fanatic in a best of five series and and even with g2 it it would be close it'd be a probably a five game series if you know shock were to win it i just don't see them you know sweeping g2 um so threat, yeah, I mean, they're way more likely to end up in the finals than Splice or Vitality or anybody else at this point. But again, I think it's just like last year where it's very clear there are three teams at the top. And you kind of just, you know, try to get the semi to the semifinals, try and get as many points as you can and make maybe make a run during the regional finals. But I don't think they're a real credible threat. But yeah, they they can appear there. I can see it.
1: Here's the thing. I'm not as convinced on H2K as you are. They are a point away from each other in the standings. I would say that Schalke playing Vitality is a slightly easier match than H2K playing Origin, And H2K last week showed me that there are significant problems with how that team runs. Now, that's not to say that Schalke doesn't have problems. I think Sprattle is a below average support, and I think that Gilius can be very Feast or Famine. But I loved what I saw from Steve this week. His growth has really come through this season. When you see him on things like Olaf, that Olaf was monstrous. I mean, say what you will about G2 still trying to get a handle on exactly what Expect is going to do. Pretty much anyone is going to struggle when Olaf is playing that well because he was just all over the map. He was getting kills left and right. You never knew where he was coming from, but you knew the axe was going to hit, and he hit almost every single one, and it was terrifying. And we've seen quite a bit of Olaf this week, but to see it in the top lane and to see it be as dominant as it was, I think that's a sign that Steve has taken a step forward. And we already agree that Fox has taken a step forward. I love what he can be. So if the two of them can be constant, then all you need is Mr. Ralev to continue being Mr. Consistency, which he has been for most of his career, and for Gilius to hit more than he misses. And I think they're a top three team. Right now. I, I Genuinely, that's where I think about H2K. But I also see the other side of it for sure. And I can see where your concerns come in. It, what is the biggest concern of the things I just named? Which one of those do you think is most likely to fall apart? <sighs> see... <laughs> The
0: problem with with Shulk is that outside of Fox, who uh, – Gilius has his moments where he can take over games and he can absolutely carry games. But Steve and Mr. Rawls are also like that, where there's only like – there's only one or two times where you go, man, that was a signature Steve carried that game. They're very good role players. They're very good complementary players. Uh, Think of them as – Mono Ginobili's and, and Boris Diaz, if you're San Antonio Spurs fans, you know, Fox is is probably your Duncan, your your early stage Duncan, or maybe even your Kawhi at this point. Let's say he's your Kawhi, and Gilius is your Tony Parker where there's some games that he's absolutely on fire and he's taking over the game, and there's other games where he looks a step behind and, you know, Guys that are more athletic, quote-unquote, better at the game, more mechanically sound can take advantage of him. Um, so it's, it's that, that, that steady consistency, but the problem is that the consistency level of their team and their players are not quite high enough where they can get by just being very consistent and, and, and very steady players because there are players on G2 – if you get all those players just at their normal consistency level with the exception of expect, they're all higher than their, their peers on Shulk. And that's the problem for me is unless all these players again take another step up and can start matching with the perks, the Zvens on a game to game basis in a best of five series, it's really hard for me to see three games where two people on Shulk outplay the two guys on G2. It's just very difficult for me to see that.
1: I understand that. I don't think that G2 is necessarily the greatest matchup for them, though we'll still have to see how much Expect is able to handle things. I will say, though, Steve has improved significantly. He has the second most assists in the league right now. Third highest KDA amongst active top laners. His kill participation has been great. His CS differential at 10 minutes has been around the average point, which given how poor of a laner he was last split, there's just a lot of signs that say that he is taking a step forward. And the really, the big knock on him right now are his damage numbers. He does not deal a lot of damage compared to other top laners. But if he keeps playing things like Olaf, that's going to change. That's been a role problem for them. But this meta seems to be unleashing a different side of Steve. I could see him taking a step forward. I, I would not be surprised by this. But, Walter, taking that into account, they're playing a vitality team that has obviously had more consistency issues than Schalke has. Where do you think the line is on this series?
0: Like I said, this week is a lot of, like, Tier 2, Tier 3, whatever you want to name that, Tier, against the bottom tier teams. Uh, So right now I have Schalke at minus 190.
1: Okay, you get this one. I went slightly too high. I said Schalke minus 200. Again, I think Schalke is legitimately good but it is actually Sh- shulk -149 which seems a little disrespectful to me it's
0: it's a little low i will agree it's a little low but let's not forget uh vitality did go one and one against both g2 and giants so they're giving them a little bit of respect. And, and you never know. You never know when that Vitality team might just turn it around. They do have Cabochard, and they do have Nukeduck, and they do have Kossing to play around You know, the rookie jungler and the more inexperienced AD carry. There's always a chance that in this meta, Cabochard just starts to go off. And Nukeduck's Zillion was very good. It was actually very good in, in, in the one series that I did watch. So... We'll see. We'll see what happens with them. But I think this, it's a little disrespectful to Schultz, but not, not as egregious.
1: Yeah, we'll get to my vitality thoughts later on in the pod. But let's move forward. H2K versus Origin. This is a series where I think H2K has a lot to prove after last week. Walter, you mentioned before you thought that they were disrespectful towards the Unicorns of Love. What went wrong this week for H two K? Is it is it purely an ego thing, or are there other problems that concern you moving forward?
0: I think I think for the majority it, it was ego. I think against Splice and against uh, Unicorns of Love, it was just uh, oh come on, we're better than these guys. Like we'll slough off a little, we'll you know kind of relax. It'll be a nice easy series. And I think I almost want to fault Yankos mostly for it. He seems like the one that's the most inconsistent across the board, especially against these lesser lesser known quantities, these lesser teams. Uh, he seems to struggle the most. Um, and I don't know. It just seems that when teams really get on top of freeze and really go after the bot lane, H2K struggles. And that's been the case even when Forgiven was here. So when I look at them, they need to do a better job in protecting their bot lane. That's their investment. That's their guy that they really put a lot of time and energy into. And when they pick something like a Draven... That's telling you, yeah, this is this is where we're gonna play. This is who we want to play through. This is you know what we're gonna do. When you play Ash, it's the same thing. You're relying on the Ash to be your primary engage tool, to be the essentially your shot caller of. Okay, I'm alting now. I'm ulting this target. I'm ulting here, and it just seems like they were very out of sync. They really didn't care what happened to their bot lane. They didn't send a lot of ganks down there. They didn't put a lot of pressure in there. They didn't really try to get freeze ahead of either of his opponents. And at the end of the day, they, they just got beat. They got beat because they're greedy. They got beat because they didn't respect their opponents. And now they have to suffer the consequences. And we're looking in a similar situation to last split where we have these three teams that are all vying for first, second, and third. And when you're tying against slices and when you're losing 2-0 to Unicorns of Love, who are one of the worst teams in the league, it's really going to harm you when you come to playoff seeding.
1: I'm going to put it this way. Last podcast, we talked about how excited we were about H2K, who we put in the top two at that time. And one of the things I mentioned was that Freeze's stats were actually not all that great. And so it showed this room for growth because he was passing the eye test. This week, he failed the eye test for me. Just a a quick reminder of just how poor his stats are. His KDA is the third lowest in the league. Only Veritas and Xpeke have a lower KDA. His kill participation is the second lowest in the league. Only Xpeke has a lower kill participation. Damage per minute, lowest in the league. Damage percentage for his team, lowest in the league. Earned gold per minute, he is only higher than Veritas, Police, and Sunstar. These are not the guys with whom you want to be associated if this is your star AD carry. How do you have three Draven games in your history and be that poor on damage per minute? That's almost impossible to do. So I don't think you can play around freeze anymore. I'm out. I gotta be honest with you. I don't believe in him the way that I did at the beginning of the split. This is a slump. This is a downright slump. And I think that at some point, you have to look at it and say, even on auto control, he could not win his lane against Veritas twice this week. And I get that on autopilot, things happen, you make silly mistakes or whatever else. But when you're on what's supposed to be your specialty in Draven... And you fall behind a Veritas, I have a problem with your play. I don't care anymore what your reputation is or all of the nice plays we've seen. If you take away the two hard carry Draven games he had early in this split, what has Freeze done to make us say, oh, yeah, he's a top tier 80 carry? Nothing. He hasn't done anything. And that's the problem with H2K right now. You know, you talk about oh they're they're vying for that one two three. I like Schalke that three spot right now more than H2K because Freeze just isn't there. And I understand that Ryu's great. I understand that Yankos has been playing rather well. Oduamne's doing well enough. I think he's had better splits. But certainly, as the meta keeps moving towards this carry top lane, we can kind of see some of his old habits come back. But I just don't believe anymore. I'm not convinced by H2K. And that leaves us to an Origin team that was able to pick up games this week against both Fnatic and Splice, the former of which, in, in rather dramatic fashion, has your opinion of Origin changed after this week, Walter?
0: Um, in, in some ways, they were very, very gritty. It was the word that I used in my text to you in that series against Fnatic. Uh, again, they pulled out another tie against Splice as well. So they're sort of sitting in that same scenario with Splice's. If they can take a game or two off of the, the top three teams, that's great. And if they can start building up some of these ties against the mid-tier teams and getting more 2-0s, that'll be great as well. I just don't see a lot of scenarios where they're going to 2-0 any team. I don't really see them being able to 2-0 even the Unicorns of Love. I think the rest of the split for Origin is going to be a whole lot of ties. And at this point, we're about to enter week five. I think they just have to stick with Peke at AD Carey. We've seen some interviews come out and, and, and amazing. And so as I've talked about, having Peke just playing, whether it's his position or not is really helpful because it gives them a strong shot calling type presence and he's been doing very well on the ash and on the siber when he has the ability to make those kind of shot calling decisions but at this point you really have to look towards the regional finals you really have to look towards you're going to be in them because you're second place at in the spring split so now what is your goal for the rest of the season and And knowing the pride, and and I don't want to say ego because this is a good thing, this isn't a bad thing, but knowing the pride that guys like Amazing and guys like Soaz and Peke have in their play, in their team, in their organization. They want to go to Worlds. Whether they're going to get swept at Worlds or not doesn't matter at this moment. It's they want to represent Europe at Worlds. They want to go to Worlds. So they need to be looking forward to, okay, let's try and get as many points as we can. Maybe we squeak into the playoffs in fifth or sixth. But they need to use these next five weeks to really nail down how they're going to play as a team with Peke as an AD carry, or they really need to find their replacement AD carry like this next week. Because once you hit week six, it's it's downhill. It's downhill into the playoffs. It's downhill into the regional finals and moving on to Worlds. So they really need to nail down what they're going to be as a team and how they're going to play it.
1: Well, look, if their goal is to go to Worlds, if that's the ultimate goal here, sign a real AD carry. Let's start there. I'm, I'm sorry. I understand that, you know, you got put in a terrible position because of Forgiven. Origin fans, I, I have to imagine Forgiven is their least favorite player of all time now because of the situation. But XPK doesn't cut it. If you want to qualify for Worlds, you need a better AD carry than XPK. Because what you have now is a team that relies so heavily on SOAS being able to hard carry games as an individual that they are incredibly predictable. And while Power of Evil has had a few good games here and there, certainly the Sintra game was a lot of fun to watch when he brought it out against Splice. But that's not something you can count on when you're playing the best of the best. They need to find another answer. And it's one of those things where, if they haven't found one yet, I'm very concerned over whether they will. It feels like this is their plan, is just to stick with XBeckay and hope that he improves. But there's been no sign of improvement during the weeks that he's been playing. He still looks like a liability every time he steps on the rift. And to me, that's where this pride that you mentioned from Origin, I feel actually does turn into ego and start hurting them. Because if XPK didn't believe that he could pull this off, if he was able to look back and look at these numbers, look at his play, look at how it's affected the balance of these teams, There's no way he wouldn't have found somebody to take that spot. It's been three weeks now. We're going into the fourth week since Forgiven left. How is there no answer yet? To me, it's incredible. I, I don't know how we're here. I don't know how we're supposed to take any chance of them going to World seriously until they do. But let's talk about their chances in this series. Walter, where do you think the line is? I have the line at H2K minus
0: 250.
1: Okay, you get this one as well. I said minus two seventy because I don't think Origin's good, and I don't want to over freak out over what happened last week. It is H two K minus two thirty three, which is fair. I don't I don't have a problem with that line per se. Yeah,
0: it's it's not awful. It's not awful. It's it, it's giving Origin a little bit of credit for the the victory against Fnatic in, in game two, and it's it's really kind of hitting H two K a little bit for losing three games last week. So. Yeah. Fair line. It's not
1: awful. Yeah, and and for the record, if we're going to give them credit for beating Fnatic, shouldn't we take points away by the fact that it took 80 minutes when they should have had that game wrapped up in about 40 if they had any idea how to team fight in the mid to late game? Like, I feel like that matters too. I understand that that doesn't factor into the gambling equation, but somewhere along the line, I feel like we need to take into account that when you win games like that, and I'm including Vitality's win over G2, by the way, there is a lot of luck involved by the fact that they got a chance. That game should not have, you know, we, we need to, you know, take that into account rather than being overly results-oriented. But we're going to move on. Fnatic versus G2. These are the two powers at the top of the standings. Walter, what are you most looking forward to watching in this series?
0: I'm looking to see if G2 can get that groove back. If they, can, if they can figure out a way to make Expect really, really work. Because, yeah, he's been okay. But he hasn't been amazing. He hasn't been great. He's been okay. He's been serviceable. And I think at this point, just by the eye test, Kickus may have been better. They may, may have been better to keep us and keep that synergy and keep the excellent teleport timing that he has. But that's not the world we live in. So I'm excited to see how Expect and Gamsu interact how their teams will sort of protect what are arguably the weaker leaks on their rosters, whether there's going to be a lot of jungle pressure up there, how they're going to tilt that matchup one way or the other, because we've seen Gamsu and Expect go more tanky route. We've seen them both go more, you know, carry style route. So how these two teams are going to play against each other and what they're going to do in the top lane is really going to show us a lot about how the two teams think of each other as opponents and how they think the best way to attack is. G2 might just say, screw it, let Gamsu win that lane and we'll go get, you know, we'll go get Perks way ahead of Bivin, or we'll go get Mythian's Zven way ahead of Reckless and Yellowstar, which is also something that G2 could potentially exploit. Um, but it'll be very interesting to see what they do with the top laners and spirit. Spirit's the guy that I'm starting to look towards. Of okay, what weird pick is going to come out of the jungle? Is something? Is there something? Anything weird? Not just because he played the Kaziks, but I'm a jungle main, and I'm I'm getting a little old. Just you know, it's it's a little stale just seeing you know Gragas and Rexai and Elise and Kindred like. I, I want to see something new. I want to see something different. So so those are the things I'm really looking forward to in this series.
1: Hey, you're forgetting Hecarim's coming on, man. They've got some. They've got some variety now. Yeah, the
0: the, the couple games of Hecarim and Olaf has been nice, but I, I just I want to see something kind of off the wall. Like the ghost changes made a lot of sense that we'd start we'd see Olaf and we'd see Hecarim because it's really really a strong change. But I want to see something like kind of off the wall, like. Maybe an all-AP Echo Assassin, maybe Rengar, anything but
1: Evelyn. Like, I just <laughs> want to see something interesting. Well, they'll play Rengar when all the bugs of Rengar get fixed, so they're not going to be playing Rengar this season. Uh, it's unfortunate, but that's just the way of the world right now. I do agree with you that I think it's it's Spirit and Trick are the two guys that I'm most looking forward to see go head-to-head, because those are the two top players in the league right now. Trick was the MVP last split. Spirit has been playing incredible this split. Both of them are the only two players to win five-player-of-the-game awards so far this split, and there's a reason for it. They've both been playing out of their minds. Here's the problem, though. Perks has been inconsistent. We can say that safely. Over the last couple weeks, the re- you know, he has not been the super hard carry that he was last split. He has games where he looks great. He has games where he looks like he's a little bit lost. Vibiven is incredibly consistent. I don't think that that is an easy lane to exploit, even when Perks is having a good game. You know, Sven and Mithy have been doing their thing. I, you could say that maybe that's a point of attack, but. It's very hard for a jungler to turn those lanes around in the current meta. There are just so many ways to, you know, you use karma to speed up, use a bubble to get someone out while you run away. You know, there are so many different disengaged tools with the supports in the bot lane. Ganking there is hard. So the clear answer becomes, oh, well then gank top, which is what most junglers do. The problem with Expect, his KDA is okay. He's middle of the pack there. His kill participation is below average. But the real thing that bugs me about Expect is that he has the second lowest damage per minute numbers only ahead of Parang in the top lane. How does that happen when your champion pool is almost entirely carry top laners? That seems insane to me. It seems like you'd have to try to be that bad at doing damage in these fights, and it comes down to something that is very clear when you look at the eye test. He's not getting into teamfights quickly enough. His teleports are behind And Fnatic, just to me, seems like too well-coordinated of a team to let those kind of problems slide. Walter, where do you think the line is for this series? At the end of the day, Fnatic is on top of the standings, so they're going to be the favorite. Fnatic, minus 165. Okay, you went way too high. I said Fnatic, minus 130. It is Fnatic, minus 118, which makes G2 as underdogs at minus 111. Which is to say... So it's a push. Stay away! This is a push. Stay away! There is no value here. Enjoy the games. It's going to be a fun series. I'm really looking forward to watching it. Because for everything I just said about Expect, there is always the chance the trick just goes full god mode and gets perks or Sven or somebody going insane and everything works out fine. It's, all, it's always in play. These are two great teams and I can't wait to see how it breaks out. And that will take us to the halfway point of the split, Walter. We're going to the second half of games. Now we start seeing rematches. And it starts with Rocket versus H2K. The last time these two teams played, they split the series. Since then, things haven't looked so great for Rocket. And H2K had a rough week last week. What do you think is going to be the difference maker in this series? And where do you put the line?
0: I- I think Hat is on a little bit of a downturn. I think H2K will be figuring things out. They're just a a better team and probably is one of the most experienced head coaches in League of Legends, just outright. So I I think H2K has the advantage. I can't see them getting 2-0'd or or even tying against Rockat, especially after going 1-3 this past week and losing to Unicorns of Love. I think H2K are going to be really on their game this week. I have H2K... At minus 300.
1: Okay. You're going to get this one. I thought that there was no reason that Rockat should be getting any credit by this point. Because I just think they look like the worst team in Europe. That's, that's right now where I am mentally as a fan of this team. I understand that Unicorns of Love are giants. You can make cases in those directions as well. But Rocket's just looked so poor recently. I had H2K minus 350. It is H2K minus 256. That seems a little bit too low to me. I,
0: the casinos are just punishing them for, for last week. Punishing them for getting 2-0'd by unicorns. I, I, it is a little low, but I don't think it's absolutely terrible because you do have to look at, like you know, recency bias does have some sort of weight into gambling odds. And the fact that they got 2-0'd by unicorns means that there are going to be some people... That do look at them and go, well, you know, maybe they do really have some problems. Maybe I can get some value here. So I think this is, it's a decent line.
1: Yeah, I I guess it's okay. What really the problem is that there's no value on taking Rocket anymore. It's only plus 190 is upset odds. We're going to have a hard time when we come up with our smart money bets. But we're going to move on. Unicorns of Love versus Shulk. I feel like we went into detail on both these teams already. Is there anything in particular you're going to be looking for in this matchup?
0: Uh, Actually, this is going to be an interesting series because it's going to be a test of whether Unicorns of Love are continuing the super aggressive early game style and how they interact with Airwalks. If there's a jungler in the LCS that you can take advantage of by being super aggressive in the early game that's not named Airwalks, it's going to be Gilius, and you can really go after him. And to see the interaction that's going to happen between Move and Airwalks and how they impact the match uh, is going to be very interesting to me. This is a potential series that Unicorns of Love could, if we're totally on board with them and think that last week wasn't just a blip on the radar and that they are really improving, sort of like what happened last split when they went with the super aggro jungle style, this is another series that Unicorns of Love could potentially take a game off of. But right now, Shulk is the favorite, so I have Shulk at minus 190.
1: Wow, that low, huh? Okay. Okay then I'm just a crazy person who is madly in love with Schalke. I To me, it's, it came down to, Schalke is the fourth place team in Europe. They're only one point behind H2K, and I think they played better than H2K last week. When H2K played Unicorns of Love, they were minus 300 favorites. So I put this line at minus 300. That seemed reasonable to me. Apparently, I'm a crazy person, because the actual line is Schalke minus 204. I don't I don't understand. I mean, I, I get it. They beat H2K. We're going to have a little bit of an overreaction, but, like, really? Like, this team, they, we agreed that they were the worst team in the league for weeks. What, what Shulk, changed?
0: Shulk, Shulk hasn't beaten anyone. They've gotten 2-0 the past two weeks, once by Fnatic, once by a splice. And they played against Origin and went one and one and they two-0 Rock at last week. Like I, I I get beginning of the season they looked really good. They do have these moments where they do look fairly good. I'm just I'm not quite sure that they have enough oomph in the long term and I think that's why the casinos are keeping these sort of low because chalk is the is the good bad team right now. Out of all the rest of the teams in the league, they happen to be the best but there is a chance that they can still lose a lot of games. So I think the casinos are just trying to stay a little safer.
1: Well, you know who else they 2 owed earlier this season? Unicorns of Love. I'm just throwing that out there. Absolutely, Absolutely fair. fair. Absolutely fair. <laughs> this, this was, and it was not a close series for the record. I don't think Unicorns of Love matches up well, but we will move on. I cannot hang on to this bitterness. Let's let's go to Vitality versus Splice. I said I wanted to get on my Vitality thoughts earlier. Walter... You had a lot of praise for the kind of grit that they showed earlier. What do you think about this team as they stand right now in that sixth spot?
0: I think they're still trying to integrate Mighty Bear and Police. And actually, I I, I texted this to you But during the G2 game that Vitality won, the second game, for a moment, I forgot they replaced Shook with Mighty Bear because I was like, man, this Elise is really going off. This is really aggressive. Like, man, Shook's really taking over this game. And then went, oh, yeah, they replaced him with Mighty Bear. Oh, yeah. Huh. Interesting how that works. Um, I think it's Mighty Bear is just really... Starting to get used to playing on the LCS stage, I think he really needed to adjust to playing in a, a really professional setting and a really aggressive professional setting like the European LCS. It's All the teams are fairly close, so it's very competitive. Um, police, I think you just need to use him as a utility AD carry. Try and keep him on the ashes. Don't make him be the hard carry. And really look at Cabochard and look at the fact that this is a split push top lane oriented meta and you play it through utility of either your mid laner or your your 80 carry. And you gotta make sure Cabo Shard's the one that you're playing through. You really gotta get a lot of the ganks up onto him. You really have to get a lot of pressure onto his lane. You have to get him snowballing ahead and let him be your workhorse. Let him be the guy to take you to the promised land and have Nuke Duck be that complimentary carry. Put him on the utility stuff. Really try and play around those two that you kept, your soul laners. And the rest of the team needs to be utility around them and continue to have Mighty Bear play this really aggressive in your face, in the enemy jungle, going after the enemy uh, jungler. Don't put him on Gragas. Get him on the Nidalees. Get him on the Elise's. Get him on the size Really allow him to have an impact on the game.
1: Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, I, I kind of have mixed feelings about this team because on the one hand, as you said... It does appear like Nuke Duck's starting to get better. Mighty Bear does seem to be improving. Even the police causing bot lane started to look like a real bot lane this week. But let's make something clear. They should have lost that game to G2. I understand that, you know, everyone's like, oh my God, what a gritty, amazing comeback. And as a viewer, as a pure viewer experience, That game was awesome. It was the most fun game we've seen in Europe all season long. It might be my favorite game I've watched in the West all season long because how many times do you see someone defend their Nexus like that? Twice. Down to 35 health the second time around and win a game. It's almost impossible to do and they managed to do it and shout out to Vitality for that. But let's be clear here. When you get the Nexus all the way down to 35, we're talking about the smallest thing changes the course of that game. And if the base goes down on that second push, we're not talking about Vitality as this gritty team or whatever else. We're talking about them as a team that got O2'd by G2 and is sitting at the exact same place in the standings that Origin and Rocket are. I understand that, you know, at the end of the day, they had the resilience, they kept it up. Good for them. I will give them props for that. Some other teams would have bowled over. They played to the final whistle and they get credit for that. But that is not in my mind, the kind of win that you should be banking on and saying that this is a sign that this team has improved in some monumental way. The signs that they improved were that they split a series against giants gaming. I I don't know. To me, to me, this is not a team that I am overly excited about though. Obviously, there are some people that feel differently. And let's see where the line goes. Walter, where did you pick this one? I have splice at minus
0: 185.
1: Okay, you get this one, and with it, the week. You finally win a European week, man. Congratulations. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. See, this is my mistake.
1: I I did not anticipate properly the way that Unicorn was going to adjust these lines. I was just off on so many of these I had Vitality at minus 130, because they've been getting a bump against all of these teams, and Splice is a team that historically has not gotten any respect, but Vitality took a game off of G2, so it's Splice minus 137. Which, you know, it's one of those things where I picked based on where I thought Unicorn was going to put the line, you picked where I think the line should be in a perfectly fair world, and it ended up in the middle of both of those numbers, which probably says something about you know, wh- wh- you know how these formulas kind of work. I mean, do you think that's fair? Or are we looking at a reasonable line there? Yeah, I, I, I think that's a reasonable line. I think that's
0: perfectly reasonable. Um, I, I was going a little higher on Splice because they are a little higher in the table, um, and they've just been a little bit more consistent over the tor- course of the entire split. Um, but I, I think anything that slightly favors Splice is, is good, um, and it gives us a little bit of value on Vitality. I think there's a very strong chance that there's a lot of these series that can go you know, either way or very easily end in ties, and it's just going to be figuring out what map, what game is it going to happen.
1: Yeah, which is always the fun part. Thanks for best of twos, Rito. Appreciate it. Let's breeze through these last couple, because they're pretty sizable blowouts, at least in theory. G2 versus Origin. One of these teams is at the top of the standings. The other one is Origin. Where do you put the line? I have G2
0: at -250.
1: Okay, I get this one. I said G2 -300. It's G2 -333. We are done giving origin respect, people. The days of origin getting help with the lines is over. And you know what? Until you sign a real 80 carry origin, I have to agree with the casinos on this.
0: Just do Long live it. the king. The king is dead.
1: You you are you literally have ex money. Find a way, dude. There's got to be somebody. There's like four different Giants teams that I know of. S- someone there has an AD carry. You've got to make something happen. Last game of the week, Fnatic versus Giants. Obviously, we, we've talked a bit previously about Giants and their ups and downs. Last week was certainly a down for them. They managed to take a game off of Vitality, but they got the 0-2 against Splice. Now they're playing a Fnatic team that has just been on a roll. Where do you see the line for this series?
0: I am way too low because this was a return to conservative Walter gambling week, but it paid off. I have <laughs> Fnatic at minus 333.
1: Okay. I get this one. I said Fnatic minus 400. It is Fnatic minus 526. So congratulations, Walter. You win the week. I, I kept it close, given how poorly I did this week, but it was a well-earned victory for you. It takes us to six and four on the... I year. mean, I had, I had a, a three-point lead going into the last two games. That's not close. Let's talk <laughs> about some smart money bets. Where do we see value here, Walter? Because I got to admit, I am struggling to see some of it.
0: Can I interest you in Unicorns of Love? over splice on blue side
1: yes that was the one i was i was immediately grabbing too Um,
0: because there's value there like there's value there
1: yeah look that's that's the best value of these
0: that are like because i look at it and every game except h2k origin h2k rocket h uh g2 origin and giants fanatic could end up as ties and the only other one that has better odds than Splice Unicorns of Love is Shulk Unicorns of Love. And you think Shulk is the third best team in Europe. So let's not get on the crazy Unicorns of Love pipe train.
1: Yeah, I think that's entirely reasonable. I see this is the difference between you and me. You see Shulk as the good, bad team. I see Splice as the good, bad team. I think they are better than the bad team. So is Shulk the bad, good team? Yes, in my oh, okay. mind. Okay, sure fair enough. But so is H2K right now. It's it's honestly when I put them at third, it has more to do with the fact that I don't know where the hell Freeze is, but he's welcome to show up at any time now. That's uh that's where that really comes down to. We need two more, Walter. Could uh, I interest you in Giants plus one ten on Blue Side against Rocket? How did I know you're gonna go to that game? Of course. Okay. Of course.
0: Considering I had Giants as the favorite for some reason.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where hat has actually been better on red side than blue side for reasons that are inexplicable mm-hmm. to me, but blue side is the safer bet because mm-hmm. the average win rate on blue side is higher across the board. Correct. And I don't think Rockat is a good League of Legends team. Fair enough. So that's just where I'm going to go. I'm hate Fair betting enough. for the... I'm going to spite bet every week until Rockat <laughs> proves me wrong. That's my new rule. <laughs> that works. That, that works. Looks, fly, if you're listening, you can stop me at any time. Just get the team back on track. That's all I ask.
0: So I assume that we're gonna go to Vitality on Blue Side over Splice, since you think Shulk is the good is the bad good team.
1: I mean, I mean, yeah, because because G two Fnatic is a stay away. Mm-hmm. You know, you could talk me into Origin Blue Side against H two K, because I don't because H two K has been splitting a lot of series.
0: Let's so, go big. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm down. Let's Back- do Origin over UK,
1: over H two K on Blue Side. I mean, it's none of these are massive bets on their own, but I do feel like ties are something that we're going to see a lot of. And H2K, if nothing else, they've loved their ties recently. They, uh, they've been doing quite a few of them. It's one of those things where if they let Soaz get a lead over Odo Omne, they get Power of Evil on a Comfort Champ, and they minimize the damage that Freeze can do to X-Peke, which has been easier to do recently than we thought it would be. I think that's in play. So, finally, Smart Money Bets... Unicorns of Love, plus 145 over Splice on blue side. Giants, plus 110 over Rocket on blue side. Origin, plus 175 over H2K on blue side. And this podcast, just under an hour for you guys. We did it. We found a way. I feel proud of us for timing this out. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. If you do, then you should definitely go to soundcloud.com slash esports rough drafts or on iTunes at rough drafts podcast if you search on the podcast section there you can also uh, leave a review for us on itunes which really does a lot we love reading them and they really do help out our algorithms quite a bit Uh, you can also follow us on social media if you love us live tweeting during games we haven't been as good at that the last couple weeks because our personal lives have gotten in the way but we do try to do as much live tweeting as possible on at rough drafts pod as well as keeping you up to date with all of our podcast news. You can also follow our personal Reddit accounts. I'm at RedShirtKing on Twitter. Walter, where can the nice people at home find you?
0: You guys can find me at Sadie's underscore LOL. And anyone from Unicorns of Love, since you finally saw Warcraft, someone message me and tell me how it was, because I don't want to spend money on it.
1: (laughs) Well, I think we've seen enough reviews to know where that one's going. I, I don't think you need a Unicorns of Love review. To know how that ended up. But I would be interested. I feel like it did better abroad for whatever reason. China loved it. So I guess shout out to them for that. But we're going to leave the movie talk to a whole nother podcast. For now, make sure you come back to Slingshot Esports tomorrow, our proud sponsors and a provider of so much great written content, when we're going to talk about the North American LCS lines and preview week five on that end. So until then, goodbye, Internet.